Hello and welcome to the Celtic Women's Football Show. I am your host, Claire Wilde, as usual. But unusually this week, we are doing something a little bit different. I am not joined by Lorenzo Pacitti. I'm joined by Christian Wolf. Hi, Christian. As I was, Lorenz, no, it's Christian. <laughs> I, I came up with that just as you said. Very intro. good. And, and that's, that's probably why I'm not on as many pods. Now, uh, yeah, because... yeah, be careful. We want to have you back, but... <laughs> um, I've been threatening this for a while. I've kind of trailed it on a couple of episodes we've done. We've said that we're going to talk to Christian about the stats and stuff, because I sometimes throw a few in, but I don't know what I'm talking about. Basically, I have a look on Insta and I I see a few of the numbers and I I kind of interpret it with a lot of emotion behind it. But Christian, you're here to provide the kind of level-headed analysis for us about Celtic, the league, how everything's going this season. I mean, I'll let you in on a secret clear. I don't know what I'm talking about either. But no, that's I sound not what I want. That is, enough. Not, that is not what so I want to hear. Just fake it to make it, as we say in the stats circles. No, it's it's it's, it's uh, as I said before we started off. I feel a bit. I haven't had the chance to kind of watch much of the uh, the Celtic women's team. It's been all this if season. You, if you can't get to games this season, I feel like it has been slightly more challenging. Um, I would love to use that as an excuse as well, but I could technically just watch them in stats afterwards. It's not like I couldn't do that. So I, I don't have that excuse. <laughs> okay. but, um, <laughs> it's just been, I think, you know, we've, we've really ramped up the analysis for, for the men's team this season as well. So it, it's just a bandwidth. As to, right. I don't know if the kids say the bandwidth, but I say it. So it's just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, I get it. But, you know, it's it's really interesting. I also wanted to start as well by talking to you about um you've obviously you have looked at the games and you have gone in and watched some of the footage you've looked at the stats for us how have you found um you obviously do the numbers and stuff for the men's game stats and things are becoming much more ubiquitous much more every day when we're talking about the men's game and obviously there's a lot more on tv it's much more visible how has it been looking into the women's um game compared to the men's game but also compared to when you've done this in previous seasons yeah, and I think this is literally, you know, they say you, you can't watch football off a spreadsheet. That's literally what I've done <laughs> for this one. I have, I have looked at the clips as well, but I've very much let the stats guide me. So, so I'm I've, all emotion, it, you're all numbers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> literally this time. Um, so, the, but that's for me, from a stats perspective, an analysis perspective, that, that's quite interesting because yeah. I wouldn't try and analyze a team based just on stats. You know, you, uh-huh. you'd... It, it, you, you, we shouldn't, but it is an interesting, almost like a, I guess a test of not having seen a single game before you look at the stats and said, okay, well, what was the stats telling me? And then to kind of try to unwind that true tactical. Account, yeah. To kind of, of work, the and stuff like that. work it backwards without a preconception, I guess. I, I think that's, that's the key word. You don't have any preconception. Mm-hmm. Other than I know the results, but you can look at it with a completely, uh, you know, black slate. And I think that's in one way that's an interesting exercise that you can do that because it might trigger some questions from the stats that you maybe your preconceived uh, thoughts about. Have, if you'd watched it before, would say, "Well, no, I don't need to look into that." But you just kind of mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. slightly, you know, blind. You just just let the stats uh, lead yeah. you here. But hey, I mean, this is the second season of. Instead, having coding every single game on SWPL, which is good. Like, really so good. that means every single game is filmed 
every single movement and moving every single action on the ball from every single player is, is logged and we have that track record. So that's from the first time I was on like the Celtic, uh, this show talking about stats. I go, I don't have any. It's, yeah. it's basically <laughs> goals. How, how many minutes they played? Uh, so going from that is, is a huge step. And it's interesting because most people probably wouldn't even see these stats because these stats are not really you know no one made but readily available across media so yes. but these stats exist if you have essentially what we use in stats yeah and uh, and as you know we both talked to our, our friend in instat neil mm-hmm. i mentioned his name now and obviously he's i've talked about him about this is more um been driven by the league i think it's been certain teams who's pushed it before certain teams have had an agreement with instat that they'll do instat to all their games but unless you have every single game in the league coded and you have the video available it's, it's not much use yeah. right so i think was, this is the second year of that which is which is really good so at least in the background film media like a uh, film uh, fan media like us but also actual within the team within the league every team will have access to this and they can do start trying to do their analysis based on it and i think that's that's just a good thing for the league yeah, it's good. And I also just kind of want to give a shout out to people in the league who have pushed for this for people. And obviously we've got the new, newly restructured SWPL um, with the kind of new administration. And I know that there are people there who are kind of wanting some of the numbers to be a bit more front and center and to even just the top level stuff to promote that, which I think is really good. I think for me, part of it is just the speed with which this happens because, you know, with the men's game, it's almost instant that we've kind of got all the numbers right in front of us. We can watch a game and then we can basically go straight to the numbers. There, The numbers are on Sky Sports or Premier Sports or whatever, even during the game. Whereas with the women's game, if we're recording on a Tuesday and the game's been played on a Sunday, there's a very good chance we still won't have the numbers in front of us when we record. It's, we're getting quite meta, but this is, that's also the way like a company like Instat would work. Right, because I'm sometimes frustrated with the with the speed it takes for for the men's games teams um, games to come there, and but essentially they work off our priority list, you know, and yeah. so they will do the bigger leagues first in terms of like Champions League and the big ones. Mm-hmm. So you can always see that those games are always up as soon as possible, and then. It, Scottish League is, is slightly lower than that. And, and I can then imagine that, you know, the, the priority that something like, you know, a, a Scottish Women League would take in terms yeah. of getting those information up. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, we, it's can't, still... we can't really complain about it again in the fact that it's happening now and it's the second season it's been happening and hopefully it just gets better and better. It's that it's, you know, I sometimes feel like I bore myself because the on this show, a lot of the story is it's really good but it needs to be better. <laughs> and that's, I think that's the same with stats as it is with a lot of different things across the league. Um, let's get into it. Let's start talking about what you've discovered, Christian. The league in general, when we've spoken before, we did one of these last season and you were very much of the kind of opinion that, and, and it was kind of obvious to see really, if you looked at the table last season, it was the top three. You had Celtic Rangers and Glasgow City then you had Hibs as the kind of fourth team down and then the rest and you very much group you specifically grouped them like that are we looking at we've we've got two new teams promoted we've got Glasgow Women and Dundee United in the league now it's a 12 team league what are we looking at in terms of 
the spread across the league in terms of quality? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think of this pod last year, we obviously saw that the big tree kind of pulling apart, but there was like an interesting jump down to, to Hibs and then there's basically everybody else. So, but obviously, as you said, the added thing to this is those two new teams as well and, and how it's has fitted into the league, what it's done to the league. But it is interesting. You know, we'll talk a little bit more about Celtic and how Celtic is doing as a whole. But in, in terms of what you see in the league as a whole, there is still that top three. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they're, they're quite even so far in terms of, if you look at what we call the underlying performances, you know, so the, the expected goals created, the expected goals conceded, you know, those three still, those three are still, you know, far ahead of everybody else. And they, they, they group it quite, grouped quite close together so far. And then you have hips, as you said, that's not a great start to the season. And it is very much hips and hearts who's in a slight cluster by themselves now. Right. So and hearts have kind of made a bit of a jump up. They definitely have. And they are ahead of hips in terms of that expected goal difference as well. Mm-hmm. And then there's, okay, hips is quite close. Obviously they haven't had the same kind of results like hearts yet. But and then after that, again, it's not a huge jump, but there is a jump down to like a group of about five teams. That in terms of the underlying performances, you know, how XG for and against. Yeah, yeah. And that is, is Fissel, Spartans, Dundee United, Motherwell and Aberdeen. And they sit kind of in, in the, a cluster of, of five in terms of performance wise. But the kind of outliner is, is Hamilton because it's those. So the gap down to from Hibs and Harsh down to that group of five is, mm-hmm. is about, it is that gap is not as big as down from, that cluster down to Hamilton, but obviously Hamilton's done quite well in terms of the results so far. Yeah. So, but, but Hamilton's underlying performances are, are pretty poor. And then I'm afraid there's a big gap down to Glasgow girls uh, again as well. So it, it's more like the top three and then you have the bottom one, to be honest. And then within that you have this kind of, and the, the rest is kind of like three splinter groups. This is hearts and hips. And then it's that group of five. And then it's Hamilton kind of and down. And then the Glasgow girls are right at the bottom. So I mean, it, can I just interrupt quickly? Cause it's interesting. You say that about Partick as well, because at the moment, like looking at the table, the hearts are below Celtic. Um, and but before you get to Hibs, who are sixth, you've got Partick Thistle. So is the, you're, you're looking at kind of, you said underlying performances, which might not necessarily at this point be reflected in the table. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, essentially. So the underlying performances in terms of the quality of the chances created, the quality of chances conceded, will more likely than not tell you a little bit more about future results mm-hmm. and where the teams are likely to end up. So if they keep performing in terms of chances created and chances conceded, at roughly the same rate as they are now, up until now, for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be really surprised if if Hips and and Hearts aren't in, aren't you know, in fourth or fifth place. And and Fissel is isn't far away, but it, the, the gap is pretty much big enough to I think. Okay. And, 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 and I guess the one thing you do get with um, the SWPL is that your games against the big three 
will have a big effect on your stats, right? Yes. In terms of because, <laughs> you, you know, to put it bluntly, you might get a doing and that will affect <laughs> your stats. So I think there is within this, and we're probably not quite there in terms of games played, but a bit further out in the season, you can probably start to look, maybe as you say, you know, you have the split uh, in this season as well, but a bit yeah. further on, you can kind of start to look at, okay, what's the stats against team that's not in the top three? And I think that will tell a little bit more as well. But overall, so far, I think, you know, Hearts and Hibs, for me, are still the two teams closest to that top three. But again, they are closer to the other five teams behind them performance-wise than they are to the top three. So there hasn't been any kind of narrowing of the gap between the fourth best and and the third best. But Hearts have have really stepped up the season so far. Yeah, that's it's interesting that Hearts are stepping up and it definitely feels like they've made that jump. And also we're talking... Um, we're recording this and um, Hibs have just beaten Glasgow City in the cup as well, which was probably an unexpected result. So we're kind of, there, there are things happening where some of the other teams are kind of coming out and, you know, we will talk about some of the games where we maybe haven't had results that we would have wanted um, much as I'm loath to do so, but we'll come to that. <laughs> um, however, just looking more in general, um, I think you've compared some of the stats for this for Celtic in the league. So, so how how are we performing in the league this season? Say compared to last season at this stage. So what I've done, and I found this quite useful when I do this analysis for, for the men's team as well, is just look at the stats for the whole of last season. Mm-hmm. Like so, so a per game basis compared to the game so far. And again, the caveat with SWPL is that you, even Celtics games against Rangers and Glasgow will have a, an impact on that as well. But, you know, in terms of games played so far, you know, you've had one against the top two. So you've, you've kind of, you haven't just had the games against everybody else. I think it's, you know, it's an interesting place to start, I think, in terms of that. Yeah. I mean, this stage in the season is interesting because we've never, let, it's never been this late until one of those big three have that we've met and the fixture that we had against Glasgow City was the first one. They're playing each other when we return from the international break and then we've got the Rangers game. So they're, they're, we're starting to get this cluster where we're going to meet each other, which will obviously have an impact. But it, it's also good in terms of uh, we can get to the Glasgow City game, but it wasn't good stats-wise. So I think you'll, you, you would have had a kind of sort of a correction mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, the impact of just meeting other teams. But first of all, looking at the stats um, in this league season compared to last league season, I think the first thing that jumps out is how many more goals Celtic are scoring. You know, they're scoring per game 1.4 games, 1.4 goals more per game so far, which is almost 50% increase. But that is seen in their chances created as well, their XG. So that has jumped up by 50% as well. So Celtic are scoring a lot more, but that is sustainable, uh, mm-hmm. as we call it, in terms of they're not just on a lucky streak and everything's going in. The increase they've seen in terms of goals, you've seen in terms of chan- in terms of chances created as well. Okay. and, and it, it, Absolutely. And even it's kind of backed up by one of the other stats I like to, to look at a lot. It's like the territory stats, which is when it kind of comes... Okay, you have goals at the end and then you have the chances created. And then before that, it's like, well, it's the teams getting into the most dangerous areas. And for Celtic, they are. Like, if you look at getting into the final third of the opponent 
in control of the ball. Yeah. You know, very dangerous area. Celtic are doing that almost 20 times more per game the oh, last season. So okay. they've gone from doing it 52 times uh, per game to 71 times per game, which is uh, almost a 40% increase, which is really good. But the really other good thing is that if you look at entries into the opposition's penalty box, so in control of the ball or a completed pass into the penalty box, again, 11 times more per game this season. And if you're getting the ball into the opponent's half in control of that ball or with a completed pass or a dribble in 11 times more per game, you're going to create more chances, you're going to score more goals. So, that, again, that's a 50% increase almost from last season. So, you, you see all the attacking stats. You know, the, the goal output is more, but the attacking stats back that up. There's a reason why Celtic is scoring more and it's sustainable. Right. Which is yeah. Good news. Yeah. 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 I mean, because. You know, we've all had one eye on goal difference as well, of course, this season because of the tightness at the top of the table. Just, I don't know if you've looked at this, but how you say it compares very favourably with how we were doing last season. Have the other two big teams, uh, Rangers and Glasgow City, lifted their game equally? Or are we kind of, is that something that we can use to our advantage and start to maybe over the course of a season inch ahead somehow? I, I think it is. Important and, and again, a lot of this is based around you know those three games together with them. But if you look at Celtic last season, I think their xG, so the, the the chance output, like in terms of how many shots to take, how many chances they created, were, were, they were second, right? But they were third in terms of the defensive side. Mm-hmm. So I think it was more on the defensive side. It it fell down for for Celtic. It specifically fell down in terms of, okay, they, they conceded the third most chances of those three. But in terms of goal, they actually conceded. They conceded more than that. So essentially, you know, you can see the certain amount of chances, but the goals you conceded from those chances were higher than average as well. So I think, you know, we had to talk about, okay, is, is something not working in terms of the goalkeeping or is there other stuff in that that hasn't really happened? And I think the, the, interesting thing uh well stats are interesting in general obviously but if you look at the defensive stats for celtic so far this season Mm -hmm. and now they've conceded very little they've you know (laughs) one goal against uh or two goals against uh glasgow city but in terms of the chances they've conceded overall it it has gone down a little bit from last season Right. So, but it's, it's in terms of the XG conceded. Obviously, the Glasgow City game will have a big impact on this, but it's, it's only down by like 8%. Right. So it's not, but the actual goals conceded so far has gone down from almost 0.8 goals per game last season, which is, I think is huge. It's quite, you know, almost conceding a goal a game. Yeah. In the Scottish women, they should be doing better. It's down to 0.1 goals per game. That's good. And, but the interesting thing is they've conceded more chances based on that. It's, you know, so they've conceded more chances on the average. They should be conceding more goals. So that kind of goes, and that's the opposite from last season. Okay. So you kind of go then, is there something with the goalkeeper? Obviously, there's, there's a new goalkeeper this season uh, as well. And I've, you know, I've had a look at the, the kind of shot stopping on, on the Celtic side. And uh, I, you know, this, it's, I think it's been decent, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, 
I haven't seen any. As I saw last season, you did see a few mistakes, right? And I haven't, well, I haven't seen any loads of loads of great saves. I haven't seen any mistakes yet. So I think that goalkeeping's been steady, and I think that the stats back that up so far as well in terms of because because the average chance quality the Celtics conceding this season is actually slightly higher. Okay. So far, but you remember last season there's a lot of shots conceded from long range, for example, as yeah. well. But that's it's been completely absent so far. This is okay. You haven't, you've only met one of the best teams so mm-hmm. far, but, mm-hmm. but still, I, that, that's encouraging. Yeah. So I think we were, so, we so were going to talk. Yeah. A, no, I just wanted to say we were going to talk about individual players a little bit later in the podcast, but um, seeing as you've brought goalkeepers up in the defensive stats, I think it's pertinent to bring that up now and just like remember the fact that we did have, we goal keep that, that position of goalkeeper was a real problem for us last season in terms of we had, Chloe and Rachel kind of in, interchanging uh, mm-hmm. between the sticks. And then we've had obviously two two big injuries for those two. We had two games unusually where we had an outfit. We had Kelly Clark in goal at one point. We had Caitlin Hayes in goal at one point. We had Anna Vincenzi coming in. We had India Mawahaka. We I think at one point, we, I think overall we had something like seven different goalkeepers over the course of last season. Yeah. Like it, we that was a position that we were really having issues with. Whereas this season, Pamela Tajona has come in. She's a very experienced goalkeeper from the Spanish league. And what you're saying kind of backs that up that you would expect that level of consistency from someone like that. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, I think she's had a couple of decent saves, but almost a more important team in goalkeeping is just don't make any mistakes. Yeah. You know, don't give, go give silly goals away. And I think that kind of happened. And so I, as you say, if you bring in a very experienced goalkeeper and you have the same goalkeeper, your defense get used to that. And there's a certain, like a security, mm-hmm. uh, the intangible thing of security that comes in. So, um, I, we'll, we'll go into more individual players later yeah. on, but it is that fact that the, in terms of actual chances conceded this so far this season, it's roughly what Celtic conceded last season. But the fact is that I think if we can probably pinpoint a goalkeeper to say like, okay, you're conceding chances, but your goalkeeping has been more secure this season. Okay. So you're getting the benefit of that. That's good. Um, before we just move on to some of the games and some of our players um, and our playing style and stuff, I think you've done a little bit of scouting as to who, because we, we are much more, I think, familiar with some of the players from Glasgow City and from Rangers. Um, I think people like myself who watch SWPL games week in and week out become much more familiar with some of the other players in the league. But um, who are the players for you out with Rangers and Glasgow City who you've noticed are doing good things? Who should we have our eye on? (laughs) Well, well, yeah, I I didn't actually mean to do any scouting. I just accidentally... Uh, no, no, seeing, because... seeing as you did it, let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, I, I, what I wanted to do, what I was doing on the Celtic player side was kind of saying, okay, how much of a percentage, for example, of the goals um, are Celtic's players scoring as a total of the whole team? So, But I kind of then wanted to have a look at that for the whole league as well. And by doing that, you know, now I'm, what am I like? I start looking at, you know, expected goals, chances created throughout the league. And I just kind of wanted to see, is there anybody outside that top three Mm-hmm. That are kind of standing out, and did you go down just, a rabbit hole? <laughs> exactly, and, and just for the pure numbers, or is it somebody? If so, if if you're on the lesser team, 
you'll have probably less stat output offensively in terms of how many chances you get to and so on. But if you're doing a huge amount of the, you know, the output for your, for, for your team, that might be a nice way of kind of start identifying players who's actually, you know, impacting as much as they can or maybe more than you expect to for, for those teams. Mm-hmm. So, so there was a few te- kind of names that popped up and, and, and once the great thing with Instat and stuff like that is like, once you see a name, you can just a couple of clicks and you can see all the shots and all the actions straight away. So it's, it's such a handy tool. So there, there was a few interesting ones that, that came up. Um, Give us some names. You're keeping us in suspense. Yeah. So I'll lead up to the county book because. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there was, um, it's an interesting player at, at Motherwell called Kayla McDonald Nagoa. Yeah. Yeah. So who's she's got a shot on her. Yeah. By the way, she she's she's got I mean she has, you know, she's she's big and strong, right? So so she her mother's numbers for Motherwell. I know she's got a couple of penalties in uh, in there as well, but I thought her numbers were interesting enough to have a look at. And again, somebody who's got a physical presence, has got a very heavy shot on her. She's probably not I think she's probably not mobile enough just now to, to go and play for Celtic in terms, cause that's, you know, you need the speed, you know, the intensity of that. But it, it was just somebody some purely from the numbers I had a look at that kind of started to be interesting. But one of the, and if you look and start looking at that cluster of players from hips and hearts, there's a couple of players who jumped out at me, especially um, Ailey Adams at hips. Yeah. Who yeah. again, he's, he's got a few goals, but she's, Got a very good. She got higher expected goals. Uh, the goals. Uh, so she's, you know, she, her output of goals is sustainable, mm-hmm. and she's decent chance creation as well. But she's, I think, she's nineteen. Yeah. You know, in terms of they had a look at it, like she looks fast. She's like, she, you know, she likes it, likes a dribble. So that I think that's somebody again at that age who's is putting up those numbers for a team that's not in the top three. I know, interesting, but Claire, I've told you this already. My favorite so far is Georgia Tibbs from, <laughs> from, from Hearts. Yeah. Now and now she's got lots of goals, but her XG is even better. She's I think she's got the fifth highest XG per ninety in the league. Yeah. Um. And but her chance creation is 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 also really good. She creates almost two chances per game. So I had a look at her, and she's. It, it, probably gonna make you laugh but see the first when i saw her running style and her physique you know the first player who reminded me of who's that aling holland (laughs) she's it was almost uncanny in terms of having she's she's tall she's strong but she's fast she's like and she's direct and she's has a really there's one and she's just a striker, but she she picks the ball up wide so much, almost like in, in a winger position. But her speed and her strength kind of propels her up the pitch. There's uh, a shot she has against Rangers where she's she gets the ball out on the left hand side. She gets back past two players, and she's really acute angle. She hits a shot, hits the bar, and hits the posts, and bounces out. But she's got so she's. Now she's still raw, right? Some of the decisions she makes in terms of her shooting, and when she takes it, and her actual technique sometimes in shooting is like there's still a lot of of things to work on that. But she, I mean, she's 24. She came to the league this season, but I just look at her and I go, 
you need to sign her. Like, cause she, <laughs> I don't think you have that combination of speed and strength and that's such a powerful shot and, and having the, you know, the confidence to do all those things. I don't think you, I've never really seen many players in, in the women game like that, especially not in Scotland. Because I've seen you, know, you, you, it's you interesting. kind of smaller, you, faster, it's technical players. But, yeah. <laughs> say we should keep our eye on her and sign her because she also used to play for Lewis before she signed mm-hmm. for Hearts. And I saw that. This, this seems to be becoming a habit of like, there's a kind of pathway from Lewis to either Celtic or then clearly other teams in the SWPL. So no, so, so her stats and when I looked at her, I was like, that, that's something Celtic doesn't have, you know, so, so the strike the Celtic have had have been, you know, the quick, the mobile, the physical presence isn't maybe always, you know, it's not bad, but it's, this is somebody who's almost, I mean, she's raw, but like in terms of her, her physical um, attributes, I think she's the full package because she's tall, strong, but really fast. And she, I, she's got decent technique. And she, as I said, this things you really need to work on in terms of when she shoots and, and mm-hmm. in terms of snatching at things as well. But that's a play, that's a hugely interesting player. In, for me. Interesting so, to hear those names and to obviously we can keep our eye out and there'll be ones to watch. And we are, it, <clears throat> I think it does do us well to kind of keep our eyes open and peeled for the players in the league and the teams that are kind of doing things that are interesting we obviously have amy gallagher who came from hibs to us and has hit the ground running and has been doing really well this season so who knows what will happen before we we were going to talk about some of the specific games that um we've had this season but while we're on specific players in out with celtic let's talk about Celtic players and yes. the Celtic player stats. And the big question for everyone, as people mostly listening will probably know, is that we had 40 goals, Charlie Wellings last season, who's scoring all the goals, doing all the things and where we were getting success. That was largely off the back of having her up front as a striker yeah. for us. Um, she went down to play in the WSL with Reading we all kind of thought, okay, what's going to happen now? How is this going to play out? And Fran has created a system this season where we have two players who have stepped up to the plate and have been creating goals and hitting numbers that they, you know, they both well beyond the numbers already this season that they both hit last season in Jacinta and Clarissa Larrissey. Um, Do you want to just say a little bit about that and and what you've kind of found out about the Celtic players that specifically? Yeah, it's. I think I find this really interesting, uh, as you say, because you have somebody who went in and in the league alone, played like scored twenty eight goals, yeah. and that was essentially thirty five percent of all of Celtic's goal in the league. You know, and then you had Olivia Chance and Clarissa, you know, coming after that. Uh, and Chloe Craig as well, obviously a few penalties in there, I'm sure, but um, they all had kind of about 10% of all the goals. So you had that mm-hmm. one player scoring more than the three next players on it. Yes. But as you said, the interesting thing is like there hasn't been a new player. You know, they didn't go and sign Georgia Timms. Yeah. <laughs> that, but you kind of spread it over. So within, obviously, both Clarissa and Jacinta has got more goals than they had already this season than they had last season. But the interesting is it's it's as you say a lot more split. So Clarissa's got twenty six percent of 
all the goals so far this season in the league for Celtic. Jacinta's got 24%. Mm-hmm. So between them, they so far have 50% of all Celtic's goal in the season. So suddenly, if, so you had somebody who between, just between Charlie Wellings and Clarissa, who scored between those two, they scored 46% of the goals for Celtic last season. Celtic has already replaced that in a bit with Clarissa improving her input. That's just interesting. That input's going way up. So they're already replicating and going beyond what they did themselves. But yeah. within that, they're going up so much. They've kind of, kind of, you know, they made up for, for Charlie Wellings leaving. Yeah. That is, it's really interesting, isn't it? And otherwise, I mean, I'm just looking at, you know, where the goals are coming from as well. You know, out of the top five, the next two, two of the next top five goal scorers for uh, Celtic this season in the league are defenders. <laughs> You've got Chloe Craig and Caitlin Hayes. Yeah, but again, they, and you obviously Lucia Ashford Clifford in there as well. And but the all the, the cluster of those three are there are ten percent of all the goals. So yeah. which is sad. So so last season you had one player on thirty five percent of the goals and then three players after that on about ten eleven percent, ten or eleven percent. And when you got this season, you got two players on one and twenty six, one and twenty four, but then you have the same cluster of players underneath. Mm-hmm. So it's it it's it's still a decent spread so far. Yeah, right? and yeah, so, and there are there are players yeah. in there like like you mentioned, Liv Chance from last season, who this season doesn't have a goal yet in the league, and you know we wouldn't obviously put it past some of those players to kind of come through and start scoring as well. Well, to be she should soon because her expected goals are. Uh... <laughs> A higher than that. Um, actually, I think Jensen had her at, so she she actually got over one expected goals uh, so far. So, so her goal is coming. But yeah, it's it, the output from those two players are, are quite extraordinary. Like just purely on goals. Like so, Charlie Wellings last season twenty eight goals mm-hmm. in the league. That is one point two seven goals every 90 minutes she played. So say 1.3 goals for every full 90 minutes she played, 1.3 yep. goals. If you look at Clarissa Larissa this season, 0.33. So again, 0.3. So she's exactly the same rate as Charlie Wellings had in terms of how many goals she scores from Ellis. But Jacinta, 1.6 goals right. per 90 play. She's scoring at a higher rate when she's on the pitch. And Charlie Wellings last season. Obviously, she's played a few minutes less than Clarissa so far. Um, and okay, she's played a lot against, you know, so you know, Glasgow girls and all this, but still, like the rate she's scoring at is higher than Charlie Wellings. Yeah. Yeah. Last season. And Clarissa is, is on the same rate. Yeah, it'll be interesting to maybe do this post Christmas when we have another break kind of towards February, March time and see what's how this is all playing out at that point during the season. But I don't want to, you know, we're we're all guilty of doing it. We focus on the people who are actually scoring the goals. In terms of the value players in this Celtic side who are creating chances, who are um, assisting, who are making things happen, having looked at the numbers in the way that you've done it this season without having watched lots of whole games, who stands out for you in the rest of the squad as players who are really valuable to this side and who are contributing to the success that we have had so far? 
So I think it's an interesting segue to them because we're still working on Jacinta because I think Jacinta's goal rates this far the season is extraordinary. Her XG is lagging a little bit behind. So she's about four XG less. So I, I, I wouldn't expect Jacinta to score at that rate, but her XG is still mm-hmm. very high per game. But the interesting thing with Jacinta is she's by, not by far, but she's also Celtic's best creator. Okay. Season, which is which is kind of mad, right? So you have somebody who's in terms of chances created per ninety, she's got three point seven per game. So she's setting up a clear chance three point seven times every game. So to be your team's both your team's main almost goal scoring output, but also the creation output. It's like it tells you a little about the kind of season she's having so far. Yeah. In terms of offensively. But if you look away from Jacinta, who's I think based on this is I can be the player of the season so far. The interesting player that pops up, especially creation-wise, is Lucy Ashworth Clifford, right? And because she's right up there with Jacinta in terms of chances created, 3.6 per game. And her goals output is, is decent as well. It's like she's got mm-hmm. half a goal for every 90 minutes played. Her XG is, uh, again, you know, a bit less than that, but she's getting to the chances. But she is also uh, one of the main creators. Yeah, in, in in that team, uh, absolutely. So, um, so so the trio then together, you know, that's in terms of scoring goals, the, the right trio up there in terms of creating, you know, um, Jacinta and, and Lucy is, is very very high up. So, but if you kind of have done a look, um, a little bit further down, again, it's it, you tell me in terms of the names you would expect. But after that, you got Claire Goldie. Uh, who's uh, if you did it per ninety, which I thought. Well, is, she's is, she's barely she's barely exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the funny thing with stats in, in terms of um, thirty minutes on the pitch so far. Um, <laughs> she, she created one chance and she's right up there. But below that, I, I think it's interesting because you you got somebody else that so we click Goldie, we wouldn't really add her into the stats. But you have Amy Gallagher, who's okay. She's she's got three hundred and twenty two minutes in the league so far. So. You know, it makes up about what's that? About four, almost four full games. Mm-hmm. By the time she's been on the pitch, she's been very effective. You know, per ninety, she's got two point two chances created. Yeah, and and her xG is zero point thirty in terms of chances she gets to, and that's actually slightly higher than Lucy Ashford Clifford's as well. So when Amy Gallagher's on the pitch, she's pretty much replicating what Lucy Ashford Clifford is doing on the pitch. In, yeah. in terms of the, the statistical, so she hasn't been on too much, but again, um, and I think her, you know, um, mainly Chen, who's, who's obviously the other, uh, the winger in that, again, she she comes just after that, you know, she's played about the same amount of minutes as Amy Gallagher, and their stat output is pretty equal again. Can, you know, can I just clarify, you said uh, Meng Lu Shen. Sorry, yes, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I said Meng Lu Shen. And so yeah, so, so her I'll put a, again, it's very similar to Amy Gallagher and Lucy Ashford. So you have those kind of players, you know, okay, the, the wingers that they play out wide, but they are putting up the numbers when they're on the pitch as mm-hmm. well. I, uh, I'm absolutely. not I'm not surprised that those are the names. If you'd without looking at the stats asked me to, you know, I knew I kind of knew you were gonna say Lucy Ashworth Clifford because she is a player that just watching games, you saw her come in at the start of the season and 
you could just tell she fitted into what Fran was trying to do. And there was no, it, it felt really like there was no bedding in period for her. She came in and she just got to work and she was kind of playing and creating those chances straight away. Um, again, with Amy Gallagher, she's had some injury issues. So she was, she's been off for a bit, which would sort of explain away some of the, the time that she hasn't had on the pitch. And again, Lou is one of the players that every time she has come on, she seems to have an impact. She came on yeah, definitely. against, you know, we did get defeated by Glasgow City, but when her and Natalie Ross came on, it seemed to pick up the energy of the game. It changed the way that the, the ball was moving and things, which you, you can kind of see. So it doesn't surprise me that those are the three players that you've kind of, you've picked out, to be honest. And it's, I mean, Natalie Ross is an interesting one as well. She, her creation numbers are decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, she, she's, in terms of per 90, I think she's number nine now in terms of, you know, players without a certain amount of minutes. Uh, and, you know, she gets to reduce shots as well. So, it's a, you know, she, she kind of pops up on these stats as well. So it's, it's I mean, the, you know, we talked about Clarissa in terms of her output and goal scoring and so on. She doesn't create as much as... Jacinta and Elvis, but really, no, she, she's more of a traditional striker and that's not her role, but she, you know, she's still uh, sixth in terms of creating as well. So yeah. you, you do have really, you can see why they are, at, you know, when you Celtics attacking stats were good anyway, yeah. but you know, you, you can kind of see it, it is a lot more spread out yeah. than the than the last season. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, the games that sprung to mind, specific games that I wanted to talk about when we said we were going to do this were, if we look back at this, the first game of the season in the league, the um, game against Hibs, where we won 9-0, which I think was a shock to everyone. <laughs> um, I think we thought we could win it um, and maybe that Hibs weren't in the best place, but a 9-0 was kind of an interesting scoreline. So I wanted to just get your brief thoughts on that. The other ones, <clears throat> obviously we've then had... This last week, before we've recorded this, we've had some disappointing results. We've had one disappointing result in the cup against Spartans. And then we faced Glasgow City for the first time this season. And it did not end well for us at Peters Hill Park. So we might briefly talk about those games as well. Just quickly on the Hibs game. We've we've talked a bit about where Hibs are in the league and how that's changing a bit. And there are other teams kind of in the mix was there anything obvious that stood out to you about that game, about what Hibs weren't doing or what we were doing? That made- no, I, it's interesting you say those two games together because I think you have to look stats-wise. Was you kind of it's, it's a nice correlation between that Hibs game mm-hmm. and the loss to Spartans, actually, in, okay. in, in the cup. Because the Hibs game, Celtic go out and they create six expected goals. That is huge. Okay, it's three less than what you score, but to go out and create six expected goals in a game, it that that's essentially what the men's team created like a, a way to Dundee United, mm-hmm. right? It's six expected goals, nine goals. Yeah. Um, so 29 shots. Um, Hibs actually had 0.85 uh, XG created as well and six shots, but in terms of that wasn't a freak result based on the chances created. If you create six expected goals worth of chances in a game, uh, you know, chances are you're going to go up a high score. So to mm-hmm. so look at nine goals scored, you go, but you got six expected goals. It's like, okay, like yes. it's actually you've created the amount of chances to actually 
kind of justify that, right? So mm-hmm. that was all, I was going to say it's a deserved 9-0. Great way the to interest, start the season. <laughs> the interesting thing, now I know Spartans were over 120 minutes, right? Celtics expected goals against Spartans, six. And they also concede less XG against Spartans and Hibs. So it's going to take the Wow. <laughs> Hibs losing 9-0 to Celtic were closer stats-wise to Celtic than Spartans was. And I was like, my Celtic had 35 shots against Spartans. They conceded three shots. I actually go in, I was like, I, I can't believe this. As so I went in and looked at all Celtic shots against Spartans, and I've never seen anything like it in my life in terms of getting to six expected goals worth of chances and there were huge chances and only being able to score one. It's just, I mean, it's, it's completely freak result in terms of it should almost not be mathematically possible to do that. <laughs> you know, if you had Stephen Russell here to run some models, it probably, you know, the, the chance of just scoring one goal from that would have been very, very low. So it's it's just an absolutely freak result. In terms of the stat, you can hardly do more stats wise in terms of creating yeah, yeah. chances and do. And I think, you know, that Spartan's goal is probably consisting of most of their XG because, you know, it's, it's a shot from close range. But how they managed to lose that game is it's just <laughs> unbelievable. Well, penalties in the end. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm comforted or distraught hearing that. I do, I'm not I mean, quite sure how it makes me feel. It's maybe not comforting, but it's, it's at least they didn't go out and have a poor game. In, in the sense that they didn't create chances, so they didn't restrict their opponent's chances. Up until, you know, it sounds a bit like the men's team in the Champions League, doesn't it? But up until it, they actually had to, you know, finish the ball. Yes, I mean it, that it's, that finishing it's a great performance. that yeah. finishing of chances is something that feels like a bit of a Celtic thing this season. That I'm just like, oh my god, can we just? Um, but I think so. What you're saying is that. You, you know, obviously we are creating those chances. Is there something about just having to work on in terms of if you were a coach, would you be just be saying we need to work on our finishing? We need to work on why are we not, why are we not converting some of these chances that we're creating? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good point. Right. And I do finding, and this is probably where it's, it's not really healthy to, to compare kind of, what you see in men's football with women's football as well, but you, you do find that the finishing is, you know, of a lesser level in terms of maybe the composure and the strikes. But I, I think that's it, it's an interesting kind of cross point in even with the stats in this point. I think because we didn't touch on this at the start, but the XG that is created for the women's game. And I've, I've I've asked Insta about this as well, and this this will be true for most when you see XG for the women's game, they are based on XG models from the men's game. Like so so you know, not to get too nerdy, but the way an XG model it's different models will have this set up is to take hundreds of thousands of millions of chances from the past. Yeah. And and couple of slightly different ways they, you know, there's certain parameters. But essentially what you end up is if a player takes a shot from this location in this type of game situation and, you know, maybe with these amount of defenders and blah, 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 it will give you a probability of that goal being scored based on what's happened in the past, really, you know, simplified. But obviously, you know, to state the obvious, the men's and women's game 
are different. Yes. You know, there's, 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 you know, so what would be a specific chance in the men's game? Say it's uh, XG of 0.25, which means just 25% of it being scored. In the women's game, that XG might be different if you look at what's happened before in the women's game. So companies like Statsbomb specifically, I think now they're, they've been working on this. I think their model for XG in the women's game is based on the women's game historically. So, so it's kind of like a reciter, but I think what you, it's always something you have to remember in these, these games, especially around finishing is that you wouldn't, because of the XG model, like the XG model we have is better than, obviously better than the stats we've had before as yeah. well, but there will be no, something in the numbers around that, but just as specifically on, on train, finishing and especially like, but you, you did score, you created the same amount of chances against Hibs and you scored nine, and then you created the same amount of chances against Spartan and scored one. Yeah. So, to me, people get a bit infuriated maybe when I say that, but I think it's just random. Yes, it's just it just happens. Sometimes yeah, yeah. you, some days you score nine, sometimes you scored one when you create the same amount of chances, and that's what a lot of what we do with our stats. We try to underline because we can't say it enough. It's like see luck and randomness, and when you score, it's it's often just that. It doesn't have to have a higher meaning. It's just, just, (laughs) I I think, yeah, I think that's true. And just, we're kind of coming towards the end of this discussion, but before there was one more game, the last game we played before um, we recorded this, we had the defeat to Glasgow city. And I just thought it would be interesting because it's the first time we've met one of the teams that we are vying for top spot with. Um, And, ended in a in a 2-1 defeat but when I looked at the stats very briefly with my very kind of blunt <laughs> understanding of what I'm Your looking emotions. at <laughs> yeah. but I, I looked at the numbers and it from what I could see it looked like it was a very very tight game it looked like it, we were close and that it, is that an accurate reading of it was it was either side looking at the numbers could you have called that Result. I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm afraid I could. I mean, there's the, the interesting thing here is the possession stat from that game are very equal, as you say. So 50% possession. Celtic have uh, actually a higher pass rate. And in things like, you know, getting into the opponent's half or into the final third, okay, Glasgow City gets into Celtic's final third a bit more in control of the ball than Celtic, but Celtic gets into Glasgow City's penalty box a couple of times more than um Glasgow City does the Celtics. So all the kind of possession stats and everything are equal. But it's what Glasgow City did with the ball mm-hmm. that set them apart. You know, they had less passes than Celtic, but they had 25 shots to Celtics eight. And in terms of expected goals, okay, there, there's a, there's a penalty in there, but they have an expected goal of 3.8. Mm. If you take away the penalties about three Celtic had 0.50, right? So there's not much solace in the chance creation numbers, to be honest with you, Claire. Uh, That's fine. (laughs) I just just wanted to to know what you thought. To be honest, it's purely in the numbers. And uh, I just had a quick look at the game and some of the highlights and stuff, so I couldn't tell you much more, but... Celtic is probably a bit lucky that it's not more. And okay. so it, it's, it's slight, I think it's slightly disappointing in terms of the numbers that 
as I said, sometimes these things happen. You know, sometimes, you know, there's a penalty. In yeah, there again, I, I don't know even, how I but, feel about that. Because <laughs> I think there's a part of me that hears what you're saying there and thinks, well, if it was that we weren't playing as, you know, I, I would almost be more annoyed if we'd played way better and we'd still lost. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It depends how you look at it. You know, they, they didn't play well in terms of of the stats and in terms of how many chances they conceded and how many chances they created. They just didn't. And it yeah. maybe there's a, a you know a transition from going out to be so dominant and creating so many chances and then not being able to do that once you meet one of other teams. But it wasn't like they were outclassed possession wise in any way, or yeah. didn't have the ball, or they have the ball as much. It's just what they did with the ball. I think yeah. it's that kind of, as I said, they even got into the box just as much as Glasgow yeah. City. It's just the type of chances that were created. And, it, you know, yeah, what they did with the ball in the final third, yeah. essentially. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Kelly Clark did say after the game, you know, we're going to have to go back and analyze that a lot. <laughs> and I, I think they should, you know, which which <laughs> which is positive sure to hear <laughs> that they yeah that they're going to be doing that, and they will be able to go back and and look at what's happened, and they've got this break to kind of figure a few things out. Before we finish, just in terms of the overall, we'll finish on something a bit more general as well. The kind of overall playing style that we've adopted this season, um, we've already talked about kind of maybe sharing out the goal distribution a bit more. We last season moved to that back three from previously having had a back four with fullbacks. What do you notice, um, if anything, this season that Fran and the coaching team and the squad has done with the style of play that we're... Yeah, and that's... Okay, first of all, it's, it's still early in the season, but Celtic are creating the most chances in the league so far, right? Like... But they're probably about third defensively. So you go, okay, how does and but in terms of pressing, like last season, for example, some of the main pressing stats in terms of how of how how much possession does the opposition team have when it, per Celtic pressing them? Mm-hmm. And so it kind of gives you a, a idea of the intensity and how many ball possession wins did Celtic have in the opponent's half and how many seconds did the opponent have uh, have the ball for like so average possession time how many Celtic were like second or third in those this season the first in all of them so it seems like purely looking at the stats they were more aggressively in in terms of the pressing in terms of you know, that intensity to, to, to the way they do it. And okay, you've met teams who, a lot of teams who maybe it's not best technically and you can put them under pressure easily, but that's, you know, you still had that last season as well. So I think those pressing stats are interesting mm-hmm. that they've, they, they are now ahead of ranges in Glasgow City and those. If you look at last season, in terms of passes, passes so far, is, it is going up, right? So it's going about 30 passes more per game, which is about 5%. They have, have had more possession in their game so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, we won them at Glasgow City once, but against Glasgow City, there was a 50-50 split, over, uh, including that in the rest of the game, 69% this season compared to 63% last season. They keep the ball per possession tiny bit more, but about the same. And But the, as I said, they win the ball a lot more in the, the opposition's half. So they have the ball more. They probably press a bit more intensely. I think what you've seen from that is that the 
attacking output, even though it's disappointing against Glasgow City, and they need to have a bigger attacking output against Rangers in Glasgow City. It, it has improved. It's, it's it's gone up quite dramatically. The chances conceded is, as I said, pretty much the same, but hopefully that this points around the goalkeeping where you know there hasn't been any mistake and it's been secure. So more passes, more possession, but more pressing. Uh, it's been creating more chances. It hasn't stopped conceding as the same, any slight, any really any less chances, but I, I think essentially the goalkeeping situation has been a bit more stable and, and secure. Yeah, that's all super interesting. And I think we keep making that caveat about having only played Glasgow City so far. And I think we will, I'd love to do this again further down the road and see how this is all playing out as we get further towards the end of the season when things are looking a little bit different, hopefully good, different. Um, but yeah, it's it's just really interesting to kind of see behind the curtain of some of the numbers because we don't often get to do that in the women's game. So Christian, I'm very grateful to you for going all, over all that and bringing some of your insight to it. No, it's, it's my pleasure. It's, as I said, we, we do this for the men's team so often. And it, I think the parallel is that whereas the men's team is... <laughs> You always have to look at the games in, against ranges in isolation because that's why they're usually completely different than most other teams you face. I think it's a lot the same with the women's team, but they have the, the two teams, yeah. whereas that will impact their, the stats and the possession. And it's kind of that league within the league mm-hmm. to, to almost more crystallize. So yeah. it, it's, it's a really interesting league stats one. I think, as you said, you know, especially after they've done, you know, at the split, I think you'll get a good sense of, you know, what's happened so far and what you can, expect uh, uh, in the second half as well, especially like teams like Hibson uh, and Hearts. Well, we've got Hearts and Rangers coming up, so that's Oof. fun and games. <laughs> as I said, keep an eye on Georgia Timbs. Will do. And what I think do. maybe for the Rangers and- game, I might speak to you, we could maybe do a sort of thread of some stats for that. Maybe do a little, like you said, we do for the men's game. We look at those um, sort of Glasgow Derby games in isolation and we can do some kind of tweets or stats around that game that would be good um but as i said thank you so much if anyone's got any questions or anything that you want to send through to us you can do so via the twitter cynic women um but i've loved having this chat with you thank you very much for joining me christian no you know i love talking about stats i know anytime it's great yeah um he's been christian wolf i've been claire wilde this has been the celtic women's football show and we will speak to you very soon (laughs) 